Yielded Coach, Episode 8, Permits Can Give You Fits. Let's go. Welcome, 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 welcome to The Builder Coach. I help you, the property owner, manage the chaos of a renovation or remodeling project so that you don't lose money, experience a mental breakdown, or become victim to a failed project. The Builder Coach is specifically designed to empower the non-construction professional. I'm your host, Dale R. Scriven, project management and design build professional. Welcome to today's interview episode. Today, you will hear from Makiba Gaines Kelly. Makiba is a designer and specifically works with clients in the renovation and remodeling space. Today, we will deep dive into the often overlooked permit process. Not, up, not obtaining a permit on your project can have dire consequences. There is a process and this process should be taken seriously. This this interview was so awesome today, it absolutely inspired the following quote. Liberty is the right of doing whatever the laws permit. One more time. Liberty is the right of doing whatever the laws permit. That quote is by Montesquieu. Um, excuse my French um, accent. Um Take that word liberty to heart as we dig into this episode. Never take your liberty for granted. Clue, get that permit. I don't want to see any of you in jail. All right, that's how serious this issue can be. Now, let's dig into this episode with Makiba Gaines Kelly. Permits can give you fits. Welcome, 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 everybody. Welcome. We have a uh, special guest today, a dear friend of mine. Um, but today, today we're going to learn about permits, which is a very important aspect to your re- re- renovation or remodeling project. Today, we have Makiba Gaines Kelly, who is a designer and project manager, and he yes. specializes really in renovation projects. He's done a plethora of projects in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area, high-end to regular old kitchen and bath, um, again, to high-end renovation projects, row homes, single-family <laughs> homes, condos, etc. cetera. Um, Makiba Gaines Kelly, welcome to The Build It Coach. Thank you, thank you, thank you, sir. And I believe right now, I don't have an accurate number, but I think, I'm pretty sure right now I'm past 100 projects um oh, wow. for the last 15 or 16 years i'm i think i'm past 100 right oh wow now, so. oh wow yeah. wow well yeah. hopefully we can definitely gain um so. some exp- you know some information from your experience um and and in full disclosure not even disclosure right cuz there's no conflict of interest but makiba and i have known each other other since the third grade <laughs> that's right yep the third grade um gaithersburg maryland went to washington grove elementary and we actually started together um, in architecture in junior high, Gaithersburg Junior High, where That's we right. both started right. architecture together. So we've been involved in the building sciences, um, 
heck, I guess 30 plus years. Um, <laughs> That's right. And That's I, de- right. I definitely, frankly, remember our experience with Mr. Musson in junior high, mm-hmm. where we competed mm-hmm. in, you know, several competitions and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of got our love for architecture and project management during that time. Um, But yep, just to let everybody know kind of our background. But anyways, Makiba, I know you have many things that you can contribute to a conversation, but today we want to focus on permits. So let's ask a rudimentary question. Um, And and again, this show is geared to the layperson, the non-construction professional. What is a permit? Okay, so uh, a permit, or I guess you could you could you could say it's a building permit, even yes. if you're not necessarily building a building. But uh, a permit is basically a it's like a permission from your local municipality, whether it be your town or your city or your state. Uh, a permit is just something that gives you permission to do some work on your property and you're within the guidelines. So let's say the the city that you're in, they know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that way they can, they, there's regulations that fall on that, what you can and cannot do. And of course, you know, uh, cities or governments, they, they all have to make money to stay on, you know, stay, uh, 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 to stay making profits. It's like a tax, if anything else. So sure. depending depending on what your permit is for, they're calculated and then charge you a fee for it. And then that gives you permission to do the work and you're in within compliance of the law, if you will. Got you. So, so yeah, you mentioned a very um, critical thing, which um, kind of brought up um, some radar signals in my mind, regulations. So one of the things that may be regulated um, is if you're doing some electrical work, right? So you don't want to install mm-hmm. something that could possibly endanger your neighbor or the public by um, installing or, you know, renovating or remodeling your electrical system and it possibly being out of code or dangerous and then end up burning the whole block down. The, the permit would kind of, the, the, the person reviewing your permit would kind of look at that to say, hey, is that in compliance? Is that something that the permit office would do? Right, right. So that that right there, what you said, it's so you can be in compliance. So you have your permit. Now, you may not necessarily do the work right, but then that's where inspections come in. So, for example, you go to the the city or the county and you say, this is what I want to do. Let's say you want to upgrade a electrical panel because you have an old one and you want to upgrade from, let's say, 150 to 200 amps so you can uh, take on more, so you can have more power, more flexibility. You can add more fixtures to your home in a renovation. Sure, appliances, um, appliances, etc. I got you. Right, but just speaking about an electrical thing, that's that's critical. Like you, you need your permit, so the city knows exactly what you're doing, and then throughout the process, before the job is done, you're going to have an inspection, and mm-hmm. that way, they're going to make sure that it's done right. Because, like you said, um, you know, if you do some bad electrical work, it can have some detrimental effects. You know, you. Your own home could be on fire. You're depending on how close your neighbors are, their houses could be on fire, and you're putting people's lives in danger, so on and so forth. So, 
That, that's a that's a definitely like 100 percent. You're doing some electrical work. You need to have a permit in your house. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. So. OK. So before we get into the requirements of because um, obviously what you just spoke to, one would need to have some documents or something to present in order to get a permit or to obtain a permit, I should say. Um, let me ask you kind of a silly question. What could possibly happen to an owner? If themselves or let's say the contractor does not get a permit and starts doing work, what could possibly happen? Could jail be, um, you know, part of <laughs> part of the equation? Definitely. I see fines. Uh, can you elaborate on that? Sure. So I, jail is actually in the equation, but most people don't see that or know that. But jail would be the, the <laughs> ult- that would be the ultimate. That would be like the. You know, uh, 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 everything else was exhausted. You didn't want to comply at all. And if you end up in court, it is possible that a judge could say, hey, you're not complying with what the regulations are. We've given you multiple chances and we're going to put you in jail for 10 days. I mean, but it it doesn't come to that if you're caught without a permit. That would be the end result. So it's something that people shouldn't take lightly um, when it comes to doing work without a permit. Also, if you hire a contractor, most contractors, although some won't do it, but most contractors that are responsible and they have a reputation, they have insurance, Mm -hmm. and they're trying to do business above board, meaning that they're trying to do the right thing, most decent contractors will say, I'm not doing that work until you go and get a permit because you know, once you get caught, not only is the homeowner in trouble, but that contractor could very well be in trouble with a fine. At a minimum, you have to pay a fine. And of course, you know, we're not talking about a $35 parking ticket mm-hmm. or anything. You know, when you get fined by the city or the county, I, I don't see anything under $500 or better. And depending on how much work you did, you know, I, I can honestly say that I had a client earlier this year, I want to say earlier in 2019, a project that I helped him on in the beginning from last year, and he's doing multiple things on his project, and apparently he did something without having proper permits in the city, uh, uh, actually in Washington, D.C., the city gave him a fine of $12,000. Whoa, $12,000. $12,000, but we're talking about, you know, he is is a developer or a builder, and, um, you know, I don't know who he has working on his projects or whatever, but he was working on a small three unit apartment and whatever he did, he didn't have permits for it. And they, they, first of all, they issued him a stop work order. That means you got to stop. That means, you know, contractors are not allowed on the property doing work. And, uh, the fine ended up being 12,000 and I didn't know about it until after the fact, but I t- he told me he paid it, which was kind of amazing because I have clients that get fines for things. They call me and I'll fix it for them. And I'm actually working on one right now. I spoke to him earlier today uh, before this conference call with you, Dale. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a guy who I just met. He was a referral and uh, he was doing work in a single family house. And I went to look at the house. I saw no permit in the window. I said, do you have a permit? And he told me yes. <laughs> and now here we are a couple of months later and the city came and, and put a stop to it. And, uh, so that's good for me because I'm, I'm charging them, uh, I'm charging them about $4,000 to fix it. Wow. So, uh, you know, you, you, you want to get a permit, you want to start off and do it right. 
so you don't have problems later. Because once you one thing about a construction project is when you get the ball rolling, it's like so many people involved. You can't have your project stop in the middle because your right. contractors have nowhere to go. You've already financed it. Maybe you took a loan out. I don't know. But now his project is in limbo. And just today, he told me he's paying a hundred and some dollars in interest on that loan. Mm. And he wants me to hurry up and hustle and get him on board and get him his permit so he can get back to work. So sure. Yeah. Permits wow. are, are critical. You lose your shirt sometime if you don't have your permit. Got you. And, so, and something for the audience, I didn't want to make sure that um, people didn't let this escape them. Uh, McKeeb is having to charge a premium rate for fixing it versus if he was allowed to do it beforehand, it would have been cheaper. Correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, so, of course, because now what's going on is um, I can't just go and get you a building permit because you have you have this this order that says you have to stop work. So. I have to jump through extra hoops to speak to executives or supervisors that are on a different floor of the building. And I, and, and also I'm trying to hurry up and get the drawings done. Whereas I normally would take a little bit longer to get the drawings done. Mm-hmm. Now, since all his work is stopped, I have to rush it. So when I'm rushing and then I have to go speak to a supervisor, write a letter, try to negotiate. I'm almost like a lobbyist for the homeowner. Mm. Um, and of course that, that comes with an extra fee. You want me to hurry up and you want me to do these things and you need to get back to work. I have to charge you extra money. So I think the bill for this one, I want to say it was maybe 4250 or something like that. But normally for a project of that size, I probably would have done it for let's say 2,500. So mm. I had to tack on a couple of thousand, which I don't mind it, but now sure. the pressure's on me to get it done. So yeah, it's costing him more. Sure, he should have hired me in the first place, but he didn't. So. <laughs> sure, and that's just you. Not that's not um, speaking about any other flow down contractors that may be ill affected by the um, stoppage of work. So this could definitely end up being a a costly stop, a, wor- a sure. work stoppage um, for this particular individual. Absolutely, um, I, d- I do have a, just to let the audience know, I do have a story of. I remember reading in a newspaper, and it was at least 10 years ago uh, in Silver Spring, Maryland, where a homeowner decided to build their own deck. Well, guess what? They did not obtain a permit. They built the deck, had a party. The deck fell. Someone was killed. So then that individual, that homeowner, faced a wrongful death suit in prison. So permits are very wow. important. Do not let a couple of hundred bucks or even a thousand bucks for get, obtaining a permit get in the way. Don't be cheap. It could have dire consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's move on to, let's say, happier wow. things. I think I think we kind of hopefully drove that um, point home. But you talked about the various projects. It, I know this depends on what jurisdiction you're in, um, you know, what state, municipality. Are there any fees associated with getting a permit? Uh, sure. So uh, the fees, depending on uh, it, it really doesn't matter what what the situation is. There's there's never, ever, ever a situation where somebody's going to issue you a permit without paying a fee, no matter how <laughs> nominal it may be. Sure. Um, just like if you went to the DMV and you. You know, you got a driver's license or whatever. There's always a fee. And this is how governments are able to stay afloat by charging the citizens fees for whatever it is that they're doing. You know, Uh, so 
you know, don't be uh, scared. The, the fees are not necessarily in the thousands. It really depends on what you're doing. So if you're doing like a, if you wanted to renovate your kitchen or renovate your bathroom, even though it may seem tiny, you might as well go ahead and get a permit because there's 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 things that are attached to it, things in plumbing, mm-hmm. things in electrical, things in mechanical, and those things could snowball, like you said, with that deck. You know, who knew? They they built a deck, and then look, all of a sudden, there's a wrongful death suit because something happened. So um, I hate to say that that could happen with a kitchen or a bathroom, but think about something happening that you didn't expect, and then it snowballs into something bigger because now somebody's lawyer's involved and lawyers, all they do is just go back and start being a detective and start looking at who did what. And when they look and see there's no permit, then there you go. So um, even for something minor, you want to have your permit. You might only have to pay 50 bucks, $75, $100, especially when you're a homeowner that's working on your own home. Um, you want to get a permit and don't be scared and don't say, oh, I don't want to pay this money. Just think about it like this. Do not, you can't do any work unless you have a permit and put some money aside for it, whether it be 50 or 100 or 300 or $500. Just cough up the money now and that way you're in compliance. Sure. Look at it like this. You're driving down the street and you get pulled over for a minor traffic violation. You have your driver's license. How much did it cost you to get it? whatever they charge you to get the driver's license. Imagine if you didn't have it mm. and then, and then you get caught. Now you're in trouble much more than that speeding ticket or whatever it is. Oh, sure. Well, the ticket for not having a license is more than a license. Um. <laughs> well, there you go. And yeah. <laughs> if, if, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, most of the time when you don't have a license, that might be a must appear in court. That's coming from my, my police, uh, my father, who's a retired police officer. So oh, okay. certain things you have to appear in court to explain yourself. Sure. And that's more That's more money. So sure. look at it like that. You do work, get a permit. That's sure. it. Great. So let's, um, I, I forgot to back up for a second. Mm-hmm. Getting a permit, what documents do you, do you normally have to present? Now, again, it depends, right? I, I've seen, and it, it depends. I've seen some jurisdictions want you to get a permit to paint walls, like literally in Baltimore, Maryland, you had mm-hmm. to get a permit to paint if you were wow. doing a larger project. Um, some minor demo- demolition, you might not need drawings. But typically, if you're doing a kitchen and bath remodeling project or renovation of a basement, what do you normally have to present to that um, you know, jurisdiction in order to obtain a permit? Okay, so first and foremost, uh, depending on where you are, whatever jurisdiction you're in, uh, more than likely, it's online. You can go online, and, and everybody across the board, across the country, will have something on their website that shows the basic requirements or minimum, what they call minimum requirements. So okay. you have to have at least that. Okay. Um, okay. If you're the homeowner, they might let you get away with the sketch, but it has to meet the minimum requirements. I so see. they might say, and I've seen this, that the minimum page size we accept is 11 by 17. And we need this information on, on the sheet. We need that information. That way we can see the work. And it's possible that you as the owner could scribble this up yourself. Um, the minute you start jumping into the different disciplines like electrical, mechanical, plumbing, if you don't know how to draw these things, then more than likely you're going to have to hire somebody to do those drawings for you. But go to the website of whatever city or county that you live in. Look under 
uh, building permits. If you don't know where it might be, you could Google it. You could say, you know, building permits in such and such a city, and you'll find it. Make a phone call. They'll direct you to where it is, and you'll look at minimum requirements. And so you have to meet that. Don't even waste your time going to the permit office because they're going to tell you that to your face as opposed to over the phone or what you read online. Meet the minimum requirements. Otherwise, they're not even going to have a conversation with you. I see. I see. I see. And it's important. um, I want to press upon those listening right now. Um, Those requirements should start from the micro and grow. Meaning, if you live in a development that has an HOA, you need to meet those requirements. Then maybe go to the city requirements. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you that have comes to first. That comes first. Yep. You have to meet those requirements. And then on top of that, there may be embellished on that some county requirements. So make sure that you're meeting all the jurisdictional requirements in order to obtain um, that permit. And also um, just backing up to our previous conversation in regards to permits. And we had mentioned, you know, issues. Very important. You want to make sure that your work is permitted or you have permission because that could have dire consequences to your insurance. So let's say you did some plumbing work in your kitchen or bathroom and you did it without a permit. Then you get a leak. leak. Your insurance company could use that as a means not to cover Mm -hmm. an incident in your home. That's it. There's all types of language within your policy and it's it's reasonable to expect that unpermitted work is not covered in your insurance policy, in your homeowner's insurance policy. So um, take heed of that. Um, so, yeah, so we talked about the fees, the documents. Um, so take me through a typical. Now, getting a permit based on the scope of work is atypical. We understand that. But typically... How long does it take to get a permit? I've heard any. I've heard anywhere from thirty days. I've heard nightmares of up to ninety days. Mm-hmm. How long does it take to get a permit? Okay, so uh, depending on again, it depends on what level of work you're doing. So I'll just use the, the local area of where we are in Washington D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Um, and I will say, I'm going to assume that you're not a an investor or builder. I'm going to assume that this is your personal home. So there's a difference. When if a builder or developer is going to the, the, the county or the city for a permit, they deal with them in one way. But when it's the homeowner, they're actually more lenient towards you because they know that you probably don't understand everything. Ah. Um, so depending on what you're doing, you could actually walk into a permit office and possibly walk out the same day with a permit, if you're if 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 you have your minimum requirements, mm-hmm. all your documents, um, you filled out your application. Probably it's going to be online nowadays, or maybe they give you a physical piece of paper to fill out. And you pull a number and you wait, and then you get somebody called a reviewer, and they look at everything you have, and it is possible that you could get a permit to do work on your house the same day. But again. You filled out the application. You have the minimum requirements that they would state on their website. You have a drawing. You have an application. You have certain specifications and details. You could get it. Now, um, there are horror stories um, 
that, you know, even go as long as one year for a building permit. But uh, a lot of that can be avoided if you meet the requirements and you're, and you're, and you're very specific in what you're doing. So yeah, it could be that day. It could be a week. Um, it could be a couple of weeks. It could be a couple of months. It depends on what you're doing. Sometimes you have to leave your application and drawings and they will say, okay, we'll review it and we'll get back to you next week because we're so busy. Uh, so it depends. It depends on the scope. Um, you're, you're at a benefit to be the homeowner homeowner because they're going to favor you. Gotcha. That, that's yeah. important. So that can be um, part of the strategy. Um, absolutely. When moving forward um, to get your permit, now mm-hmm. let's let's say now you have your permit, right? We have our permit. We're ready to go. And today we're not going to touch on the demolition permit because just to let people know, sometimes you have an elaborate project. You can get what they call kind of a preemptive permit where they will allow you to do demolition um, while you're mm-hmm. waiting for your main permit to be issued. Um, that kind of speaks for itself. And normally you have a contractor that kind of helps you take you through that process. Um, but once you have your permit, it's my understanding that your permit is the permit where your other trades, if you need a plumber, subcontractor, electrical subcontractor, HVAC subcontractor, that is the permit that they use to pull their authorization of work. You have experience with that as well? I do. So that that's a critical thing. So um, a depending on your project, if you're required to have a plumber, an electrician, or an HVAC guy, HVAC system is basically your air and heating system. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not probably not going to do drawings. They want to come and do the work. So normally you need a master building permit mm. for the project. And uh, like, for example, um, I was talking to a client, I'm going to say one uh, yesterday, he was asking me about that. And uh, I said, I don't know if your plumber is going to pull a permit for that work or not because they're putting the bathroom in the basement. Mm -hmm. But I I informed him because he's new to investing. I informed him that the building permit that I got for him will allow any of the trades to pull what they call a supplemental permit. So a plumber may or may not be able to may not may or may not be able to come and pull a permit on your house unless you have a main building permit Then his permit would fall under that permit. That way he doesn't have to do any drawings. He can fill out his application, pay the fee, and then he can come and do the work. But probably you're going to need a main building permit that shows what we call scope of work, which is a little paragraph or description of all the work that you're planning. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your subcontractors can pull their permits off of that. Okay. And so in the case that you just mentioned, the plumber, a plumbing plan probably would have had to be included or have been included in that original submission to get the main permit, meaning you would have to have a plumbing plan with the P in the bottom right-hand corner of the drawing. And, you know, for for, um, argument's sake, for electrical as well, that you would have had to have submitted those plans, plumbing and electrical, so that that tradesperson can pull their permits to do work? That's correct. So... Um, again, you have on your minimum requirements and then let's say, let's start off with your scope of work, which is just a paragraph and everybody who's going to review your project, they're going to look at your drawing or look at your documents and they're going to go right to what are you trying to do? So you, you shouldn't have to explain it to them. It should be written down. That's called the scope of work. 
Sure. And based on that scope of work, that is covered. And whatever you mentioned, that's covered under that main building permit. So make sure that you're listing that I'm putting in a new bathroom that was that was not there, or I'm expanding a bathroom, or I'm adding to a bathroom, or I'm I'm redoing my kitchen. There's electrical work and plumbing work going on. So all of those things have to be covered in that scope to cover your sub um, who comes and pulls his supplemental permit. Okay. Fantastic. So I'll make a simple statement. It's 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 it sounds obvious. It sounds like an obvious question, but I'll ask it just for the sake of clarification. You had your plan, you submitted it, you received your permit. What happens during inspection that the owner had work done that was not identified on the permit? Let's say that the owner tried to take a shortcut and say, hey, I'm just going to show this on my plan so I can get it through. But then the inspector comes out and finds a totally different project. What happens? Right. So now um, here uh, uh, it's very clear. Uh, an inspector will come out and first thing they do is read the scope of work. They look for a permit. Boom. You have a permit. My, my client, I just mentioned a few minutes ago had no permit. So there was nothing to look at. They saw the work and they hit them with a stop work order. But if you have a permit, they're going to read the description. Based on that description, they're going to start walking around your house. And whatever it is that you wrote down, that's what they're looking for. Now, if you do work that is outside of the scope, then, in other words, you're adding to what you said in the beginning. I'll give you a prime example. You want to renovate your bathroom and you put that on your uh scope of work. Mm -hmm. But then you decided, you know what, I would like to put a half a bath on the first floor or I want to I want a bathroom in the basement with a shower or something. In other words, you're adding something. They mm -hmm. see something that was not on your original plan or your original permit and you added it. Well, that triggers something. It's like, well, this is not here. Now, depending on the municipality, they may say you need to get that fixed and I'll be back in two days or three days, or I'll be back on Friday or whatever, mm -hmm. they might give you the opportunity. Um, but most of the time, they're going to say, hey, this is not in compliance with the permit that we issued you. Therefore, you have to stop. And they they pull out a, a bright orange sticker or whatever the case may be and slap it on your window or your door. And it, it ha it's a notice that says stop work. Now, any contractor that's been in the business will see that and say, okay, I can't go in there and do work because now I'm going to be in trouble. Mm -hmm. And there's even a penalty or a fine. If you take the sticker off, you're not even allowed to remove the sticker off of your own house. Mm. That inspector has to come back and remove that sticker. So you can't try to do a bunch of work when they told you not to, because then now you're really talking about uh, being in serious trouble. So inspections are first and foremost to make sure you're doing the work that you um, stated in your scope of work, number one. Then, number two, if you're meeting the requirements for safety. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Got you. Um, so, and, and elaborate on that a little bit more, um, and we'll wrap up shortly. Uh, talk about some of the inspections. I know there's some milestone inspections. Like, for instance, um, when I had my deck built, on the rear of my home, the inspector came out to look at the holes 
before right. they pulled put put the footings in. Now, obviously, there may not be that type of pre-inspection for, let's say, electrical or plumbing, but there are some typical milestones like closing before you close in the walls, et cetera. Just speak on some of the typical. Again, scope of work will determine the types of inspections, but speak to some of the typical inspections that you see in a renovation or remodeling project. Sure. So let's elaborate on what you said about a deck. The whole reason, let's say you want to build a deck and when you have a deck, depending on if it's sitting on the ground or if it's up high, you know, one floor up, um, your deck has to meet certain requirements. So uh, for safety, one of the main things they want to see is that your footers, your foundation is correct. So um, you dig a hole and then the inspector comes out. He needs to verify that the hole is deep enough because most places around the United States, they have a minimum of how deep the hole has to be in order for your footer and your post to go down in the hole because they have to make sure that that deck has a good foundation to be held up. So they want to mm-hmm. see to make sure your hole is deep enough, maybe past the frost line and so on and so forth to meet the requirements. When you're talking about inside, for example, like you mentioned, a close-in. Well, whatever work you do, let's say it's plumbing, you put in a new sink, you put in uh, some new light switches, so on and so forth. Uh, that means that you probably have the drywall removed from that area. And that way you can look into the wall cavity and you can see the framing. You can see maybe some insulation. You can see the wires. You can see the plumbing for your sink or your toilet or whatever it may be. Well, when you get to that point where you're, you've done the work, your electrician, your plumber, your HVAC guy, he's done the work. Then you must have an inspection before you, your contractor, puts new drywall that closes it all up. And now you can't see anything. That's the whole point. So a close-in is a pivotal milestone in renovation. You cannot close it in until you have an inspection. Otherwise, they're just going to walk away and tell you to open it back up so I can come back and inspect it. So um, that's something that's crucial. Now, what are they checking for? They want to make sure the plumbing is the right size pipe, mm-hmm. the right material. You got PVC, you have copper. Um, they are checking for the insulation. Is it the right type of insulation for the wall? Because uh, insulation, let's say for an exterior wall, is different from the insulation that might go into your roof or your attic or something like that sure. or your basement. Sure. Um, yeah. Um, they're going to check and when it comes to an electrical uh, inspection. That's very critical. They're checking for wire sizes and your electrician should know what size wire to use for certain things because you know depending on what type of electrical power draw that's coming off the wire those wires have to be correct um i had a project i worked on last year that a contractor sent in a guy he started wiring up the place he was not an electrician and uh i had my electrician come in behind him and he looked at the wires and said right off the break these are the wrong wires and so if you would have had an inspection come through, they would have failed you. Um, so now that's time and money uh, because that person didn't know what they were doing. So, um, yeah, these these uh, inspections are a critical, critical part of your project, and you must have them. Great. And um, I will caution the audience. Understand that the inspector, what McKeever said was 100% correct. But I will also say that the inspector is looking for the minimum requirements allowed by that municipality. Meaning, let's say you paid the contractor 
for an enhanced insulation. The inspector is only looking for the minimal requirement and may miss the fact that you paid for a more enhanced insulation in your walls. The Mm. inspector will check it off as being okay. It is not necessarily the insulation that you paid for. And we'll talk about that in a, um, in another episode, but the inspector is not necessarily there to verify all the quality improvements that are in your drawing or in your, in your scope per se, minimal requirements is what they are. For instance, you may have asked for a enhanced light fixture. The inspector is going to say, well, that light fixture is installed per code. Doesn't care whether that was a light fixture from Home Depot or from mm-hmm. Restoration Hardware. They just, they're mm-hmm. just looking for code compliancy. So that's just a um, heed for caution. Mm-hmm. Um, and to wrap up, let's say everything is going smooth and inspector likes what they see through all the different milestones. What do you get at the end from the inspector? Uh, sure. So, um, you know, basically they're going to sign off. I mean, it's important that uh, uh, in order for you, your project to move forward and you can actually close in, you know, in other words, get to a different phase to try to ramp up your project. They're going to put it in their system that you passed inspection. They might give you or leave you a slip or something, some type of paper when they signed um, and for your records. And these are all things that you want to keep because, like you said, later on down the line, you know, if you have a problem with with it, with an insurance company or and understand this, folks that are listening, if you ever go to sell your home. A real estate agent who is thorough will ask you for your paperwork from a renovation you did five years ago. Mm. If you put an addition onto your house and you added some things to your house, a thorough real estate agent will ask you for those documents. So keep them just like taxes or anything else. And if not, you could probably go down to the county or the city to get a copy, but you keep them. And that way you can pull it out, give a copy to the agent and say, we had this addition or this work done. Here are the permits. Here's all the approvals. And they include that as part of the sale because, you know, a buyer may want all the documents to make sure that the house is right when they do a home inspection and so on and so forth. So um, the paperwork that comes from the city or the county, from your inspectors, treat these like legal documents. And when I use the term legal, that should make a light bulb come on in your head. Then when it's legal, then there's a, a potential problem. There's, there's money involved. There's penalties involved. Look at it like it's legal. You do other things with legal documents and you keep them in a box in your house in a safe place with, with other things, you know, a life insurance policy and all these things, look at your renovation the same. You keep those documents, you keep those plans, you keep those permissions, those sign-offs, you keep it. Because literally five or ten years later, and I've seen it, you don't have it, it's not on record, that means you did it wrong. That's the assumption. And now you're in trouble. Oh, man. Fantastic. I think that's a good note to conclude on, to take permits Seriously, um, those listening to the Builder Coach, thank you for listening. And and Makiba, to you, thank you very thank much. You. Um, I definitely learned some things. I mean, hell, I've been you know been involved in this business for quite some time, but it's always good to still learn more information on how we can become better at executing our renovation and or remodeling projects. 
uh, Makiba, thank you very much. I'll put um, any contact number, to, any contact information you want me to release in the show notes. Um, sure, I'll talk to you sure. about that afterwards. I, I don't that. want to necessarily blast your phone number out to <laughs> you know millions of people, but we'll talk about your contact information and um, those who want to contact Makiba for any work. Um, and his his um, breadth of area is pretty wide, but um, it'll be in the show notes. But again, thank you, Makiba. Thank you very much, and have a wonderful day. I appreciate it, Dale. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. All right. There you have it. This episode is a wrap. Great episode. Thanks again, Makiba, for sharing your experiences. Key takeaways. Understand the permit requirements for your project. That was number one. Understand the permit requirements for your project. Number two, if required, obtain a permit. Don't become victim to a stop work order or furthermore, become you know, victim to possible jail time. That's absolutely ridiculous. Get that permit. Number three, stop work orders can cost you big money. Save money on the front end. Avoid these emergencies on the back end. Number four, based on the complexity of your project, the permit office will actually do handholding for the homeowners as opposed to the contractor. So if you're in a position that you need to get the permit yourself, the permit office will more than likely work with you. All right. Feel good about yourself. You took the time to learn. Acting on this information gives you a fighting chance against project chaos, money loss, continuous stress, or greedy, unethical contractors. If you know someone who needs help, invite them to listen. Let's look out for one another and build a strong community of property owners and investors who deserve a dream renovation or remodeling project. Make sure you subscribe to Build It Coach on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite place to listen to podcasts. For more details, visit builditcoach.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, may your dream project become a reality. Please understand that every construction project is unique. Therefore, the lessons, teachings, and principles expressed in this podcast need to be tailored to your individual project. Any advice or information expressed in this podcast is intended to inform, educate, and teach. All advice and information is based on experience, research, and opinion.